Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It was a stark warning from President Biden as he spoke to a small group of donors at a fundraiser in New York City. The president used the word Armageddon twice when referring to the nuclear threat from Russian President Vladimir Putin. He said, we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Adding Putin is not joking when he threatens the use of tactical nuclear, biological or chemical weapons. The comments made clear the president and his administration are taking Putin's threats seriously as Russia's invasion of Ukraine faces set backs so yeah he said that stuff at a fundraiser behind closed doors obviously it leaked out because no president has talked that way really ever byron york of the washington examiner says joe by of joe biden's armageddon fundraiser he calls it there's nothing of greater import to the nation than the prospect of nuclear war so why does the president deliver his most extensive remarks on the subject to a small crowd at a democratic fundraiser in manhattan a decent question that is a decent question to me that's proof that it was just him doing his usual thing where he's just riffing he just you know just riffing which he's all glad handing joe slapping backs making conversation joey baby telling stories which he's always done and uh he does even more now that he's an old man with no filter he's just riffing and not so I, i don't think it was uh, strategic or thought out in any way. Yeah, you're going to make your most extensive remarks on the idea of are we going to nuclear war with Russia at a fundraiser? Seems like a bad idea. 
Richard Jack Armageddon in the New Testament is the last battle between good and evil before the day of judgment. One of the other popularly used definitions, a dramatic and catastrophic conflict typically seen as likely to destroy the world or the human race. How come we have not played Def Leppard Armageddon it? Huh? You know, I was going to call for that, and you dropped a bomb on me and all sorts of hilarious uh, bomb-related pop songs. We could go all-out nuclear war-themed music today. So Richard Haas uh, of uh, Foreign Relations, whatever thing he is, he's on cable news all the time, he tweeted out, and he's he's more friendly to uh, Democrats than uh, I am, for instance. Uh, he tweeted out and tweeted this at the president. He's right in his take, but wrong to say out loud as it reinforces Putin's effort to frighten Europe to reduce support for Ukraine and makes it harder to find diplomatic off-ramps. As it could appear, we are giving into nuclear blackmail. A terrible precedent. Wow. And he tweeted out the New York Times version of the story. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad on a number of levels. Well, there's certainly nothing good about it. And you can't be just messing around with the topic of Armageddon. Right. You shouldn't flippantly talk about that as president of the United States at all. Yeah, and the whole off-ramp thing, I've been trying to put a finger on why that bothers me as much as it does, because I kept going back and forth. I just think it's that you're walking into a negotiation saying, now, obviously, I'm ready to go way higher than this, as opposed to making an offer. You just you signal that, listen, I'm going to be kind of soft on this. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, who am I to argue with Richard Haas if he thinks it's that awful? I keep going, Like I said, I keep going back and forth. Part of me thinks everybody's been discussing the whole question of how this ends and how Putin can you know, possibly come to some sort of settlement. So it's not like it's a secret. I don't know. But, yeah, if we start pushing towards Zelensky giving up some land to end this... It definitely looks like nuclear blackmail works. If you ever nuke, you get to take something, and you get to at least keep part of it. Depending on how far you're willing to threat. Did you hear that, China? Ian Bremer tweeted out, Glass half full? I don't think Putin will actually launch a nuclear weapon. And if he tries to, at least some possibility a chain of command rebels. There are differing reports on whether or not how much chain of command there is between him and a nuke at this point. Glass half empty, Ian Bremer says, though. We're presently at the highest risk of nuclear war since the Cuban Missile Crisis, which is what the president said last night. Um, President Zelensky actually said in recent hours, I think the Russian leader loves his life very much, and I think he understands that after the use of nuclear weapons, he will no longer be able to save it. Hmm. That's strong stuff. I'm sorry, who was that last one from? President Zelensky. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just flat out saying, look, you'll, you'll be dead if you do that. And then an op-ed in the uh, Wall Street Journal today, the question on Putin's mind, would we risk New York to keep Odessa free? It's what we brought up yesterday. If you put the question to Americans of the world like this, is uh, are, you, are you willing to go uh, nuclear war to save Ukraine? Are you willing to sacrifice New York for Odessa, a city in Ukraine? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good mental exercise. The problem is life almost never works like that. Um, <clears throat> here's a, a metaphorical uh, comparison. 
Would you be willing to defend your wife's honor if you'll be shot to death? Well, the answer is no. No. She can take it. I can take it. We'll just get out of there. But are you willing to defend your wife's honor if some jackass in a bar says something really rude? Knowing it's possible jackasses in bars carry guns and shoot people because they're, they're mean scum. You just don't know if Putin has a gun in the bar. Right. With the further level being, are you going to decide to never defend your wife's honor because of the possibility that the worst could happen? Right. Exactly. Exactly. That would make you a coward. Um, so, yeah, again, life life moves in increments and nobody tells you in advance how many it's going to move, uh, you know. Well, in a particular uh, incident. Nobody will be able to convince me that Joe Biden did this on purpose with any strategy in mind. No, no way. But the conversation has grown in the last couple of days of putting this to, you know, the op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today, putting this to the world, to American citizens or whatever. Have we thought this through? Are we willing to trade this for that? Do we realize what the consequences might be? I think mm-hmm. this is going to be a growing conversation. That piece in whatever it was I was reading from the other day, the growing civil war in the Republican Party over funding for Ukraine, because there's a uh, yeah. pretty mm-hmm. big chunk of uh, uh, Republicans, according to polls, who aren't into this war. You know, watch Tucker Carlson. And uh, so it's, it's. I think that's, when this is what Putin's counting on, by the way, whether it's in the United States or Europe, that at some point there will be a fissure where the, the, the support will drop off and people won't will be willing to risk it, whether it's being cold all winter or the threat of nuclear holocaust, that the, there will be start to be cracks in the what has so far been unified Republican and Democrat. When's the last time Republicans and Democrats have been this unified over anything? You might have right. to go back to 9-11. Well, and there's some thinking that Putin, aware of all this, is, uh, to put it in football terms, desperate to get to halftime, the winner, when the fighting will drop off uh, a great deal, so he can get some of those new conscripts to the front line and, and further erode, perhaps, the, uh, the coalition uh, against him. Uh, by the way, on the topic of Putin holding on to power, we had an interesting email exchange with a listener, I guess I did, um, in which he said quite cleverly, uh, the problem with the idea of removing Putin from power is the, the old schoolyard taunt, you and what army? Because Putin has the security apparatus, he has the army. My question would be for how long? Going back again to this uh, piece from uh, New York Times. Blunt criticism of Russian army signals new challenge for Putin. Russia's floundering invasion of Ukraine has produced an extraordinary barrage of criticism from supporters of the war in recent days, directed primarily at the leadership of the Russian military. The outpouring of discontent is creating a new challenge to President Putin, who, after cracking down on Russia's liberal opposition, now faces growing dissent in his own camp. And they cite that official who's supposed to be running the Russian part of Ukraine, who says uh, old Shoigu, the uh, head of the Russian military, should consider killing himself because of his army's failures in Ukraine. So, obviously, you have the desperate desperate Putin and the scapegoat that will allow him to hang on to his power and his skin is going to be Shoigu and the the military who who are every bit as terrible as anybody is saying sure Uh, it's worth mentioning so Shoigu who's probably uh, fond of his own heartbeat is got to be starting to think it's him or me it's us or Putin us being the military we got the guns. Maybe we don't have the FSB, but before we all end up lined up against the wall, thinking, damn, I wish we'd moved against Putin. Right. Maybe we ought to move against Putin. Right, 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 right. Man, this is Game of, Game of Thrones stuff right here. 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. And then this from the Washington Post today. Russian President Vladimir Putin himself was confronted by confronted by a member of his tight-knit camp over the failings of his uh, disastrous war in Ukraine. The Kremlin strongman who is celebrating his 70th birthday today. Happy birthday to Vladimir Putin. May you die of a heart attack, you evil bastard. Uh, he was approached by an individual from his inner circle who expressed concern over Russia's poor progress in Ukraine, the Washington Post is reporting. Um, this is from U.S. Intelligence. The identity of the said individual, as well as details of the conversation, were disclosed to President Biden in a daily intelligence briefing yesterday, apparently. The insider reportedly questioned the mistakes the Russian military leaders had made since invading Ukraine. Um, uh, It's not clear who the individual was. Putin's camp is reportedly comprised mostly of former KGB officers who had served under him during his time in St. Petersburg. How do we get that information? I don't know. Well, remember at the beginning of this war where we seem to we seem to have a highly placed source because, I mean, we were just Secretary of State Blinken was just laying out like right before everything happened, it happening. Yeah, so yeah. I wonder if we just still have that same source. Although generally you don't rub your opponent's face in that knowledge because your source will end up against a wall or in the case of many dictators, he'll just have everybody executed and then have a new inner circle. Well, um, un- so there is a purpose in releasing that. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I was going to say, unlike Biden's <laughs> off the cuff old man remarks last night, which were not strategic. This is definitely strategic. This has got to be some. This has got to be some sort of like just trying to make enough people hear that you know people are talking about this you're not the only one who's thinking this some of your friends are thinking it too time to have that you know down the hallway conversation hey i was just wondering just hypothetically if like some crazy person decided to take out putin would you think that was a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> I was playing a, a game uh, with the family last night, and the craziest question came up on one of those little cards. <laughs> maybe those those giant onions on top of the Kremlin, maybe they're like Audio-Technica microphones or something like that. I'll I would you, love it if Putin fell out of a window. Oh, yeah, but you got to have giant onions to make that move. Because yes, uh, if every if you're not enough people are with you, you're going to go be going out the window. That could happen any moment. The problem with, what is it, Kevin Spacey, who went on to a fine career <laughs> touching young men unwillingly in bars. <laughs> what was it he said in one of my favorite movies of all time, The Usual Suspects? Oh, God. The problem with shooting at the devil is, what if you miss? Right, exactly. Or of course, the old, older saying is, uh, what, if you, if you would kill the king, kill the king? Yeah, um, uh, we got to take a break. But what you said is, is where it, where it it gets different, though, if they're starting to feel like, look, I'm going to end up against the wall if I don't move now. So mm-hmm. I got nothing to lose. Yeah. That's when things might change. Anyway, fascinating stuff. And it's not just a book or a movie. It's real. Uh, stay here. The text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
all females uh, working. It involves me and five other girls who are 17. After school, we come here, work for a couple hours. We break down carburetors we receive from people all over the country, clean them up, rebuild them, and send them back out. I think of it as a good thing, like the fact that I found a hobby or a profession that doesn't have a lot of females. If you use what you have as an attribute. Teen girls into auto shop is what that is. Huh. Learning to rebuild carburetors and yeah, whatnot. Five 17-year-old girls uh, got together and made their own auto shop. Cool. Very cool. Wow. Yeah, that is very cool. Somebody needs to uh, fa- uh, inform her, though, that there's no such thing as a female. <laughs> 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 Folks, that freaking madness is madness. Call it for what it is. Uh, Hunter Biden news, is it important or not? Joe will let us know because I'm confused by it. I'll break it down. Plus a lawsuit you're going to think we made up. America is scroomed. Get used to it. Are you single? And you might be at the grocery store this week. And uh, you should know the secret dating codes singles use to hook up at the supermarket. Whoa. Wow. Apparently, if you first you go to the fruit section. That's what you do. You get your cart, you go to the fruit section. And if you. It's clearly the most sensual section of the uh, grocery store. People are sensual. Fruits are sensuous or something mm. from Animal House. Um, you buy, uh, if you get a bunch of bananas and you put them in your cart facing up, that means you're on the hunt. It's and other people on, recognize it. It's a little it. on the nose, isn't it? It's a tray obvs. If you lay them. <laughs> <laughs> you can go and. Uh, blah, 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 blah. You have to get a cart, you go to the fruit aisle, if you pick up a bunch of bananas, if they are upright so that the curves are facing up to the top of the cart, that means you're single. Now, if you just want to buy bananas and you're not looking, you turn them the other way down, you just lay the bananas down, which means you are not open to meeting somebody. First of all, (laughs) nobody puts their bananas tips down. That's a strange way to... Everybody puts bananas the same way, and everybody who walks around with bananas pointing up is not looking to hit on somebody. This is absurd. Well, that's why you need to know this. You're going to be sending the wrong signals (laughs) if you have your bananas facing up, which I usually do for some reason, and uh, uh, I usually set them up. I don't know why, but it makes it look like I'm on the hunt, and I'm not on the hunt, so I'm going to lay them down. Um, If you have a pineapple, I think we've covered this one before. This is the whole pineapple thing. If you have a pineapple upside down in your cart, you're telling everybody that you are a swinger and you're open to swinging. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But if you're not a swinger, which is disgusting, and you're just looking for a relationship, which is wholesome and straight out of the Bible, you need to grab a peach revealing you uh, you place the fruit in the cart of the person you're interested in. So I just walk up to a random person and put the peach in their cart, and then they mace me and I scream and... Is that because peaches resemble the human hiney? <laughs> I don't know. That's about? I don't know. Why don't you just say, hey, I'll trade you a banana for your peach. How about if you just walk up to a woman and say, I would like to have intercourse with you. <laughs> and see well, how they react. Points for directness. <laughs> Instead of the bananas and the peaches and the pineapple. Well, yeah. If everybody knows the code, it's not a code. <laughs> so, so try it this weekend. See what works out for you. Huh? Boy, I'm going to keep my pineapples upside or right side up, rather. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. Want, you know, <laughs> I don't need that nightmare. Beset by swingers. So a lawsuit you're not going to believe is real. I'm telling you, it is hilarious and troubling. Stay with us if you can't grab the podcast later. Armstrong and get. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. By the way, that feature we just did on singles in the grocery store and tipping people off by fruit and whatnot, uh, I, I love stories like that in the media because almost everybody who does them doesn't think they're true. I mean, I don't even think that's 2% true. And like, you know, the Today Show would do that story. They don't think it's true either. You, yeah. just, you just do stuff like this just for fun. Who made it up? I don't know. So, you know, it's funny, as an alleged humorist, I was, uh, I had jokes in mind 
But while I could come up with many food-related stand-ins for the male genitalia, everything I thought of for gals was, like, too much. Just not nice. And it's interesting. Now, certainly I'm capable of being childish and inappropriate. If you've listened to the show at all, you know that. But um, I don't want to be obscene or, or over the top. It's bad for business, and it's not who I am. But it's interesting, isn't it, that the male privets are a practically omnipresent source of humor in human society, but in mixed company, at least, you can't even, like, compare the gal's parts to anything or you come off as a sicko, right? Hmm. Isn't that odd? Hmm. Yet another proof that in so many ways, men and women are different, right? Equal, but not the same. There you go. The goalie has a different responsibility than the shooter of the puck. I think that is the reason, yes. Yeah, in life and in love. Yeah, which is wonderful and appropriate, and I am for it. So I left out any references to mm, or, or mm, certainly not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, moving along. Uh, coming up, a lawsuit you're going to think I made up, uh, but it's actually in a court being tried in front of a jury. Holy crap. First, though, speaking of uh, laws and justice and judges and that sort of thing, here's David Spunt on Special Report last night on Fox News. The Washington Post reported that agents believe prosecutors have enough evidence to charge Biden, Hunter Biden, with tax crimes, plural S there, and a false statement related to a gun charge. Now, I'm not obsessed with Hunter Biden. Um, No, my first reaction to that story was, does it have anything to do with the president? Because what Hunter Biden did is not as interesting to me. Yeah, I think actually it will. Um, just because his tax situation speaks to his uh, his streams of income. As the world's greatest corporate consultant in countries where his father had great power. Or was in control of the administration's portfolio. Really an amazing coincidence. Um, and I also believe Tony Bobulinski, who was on Tucker again last night, I think, or the night before, um, who was talking about the uh, the Biden family and how the uh, the big guy gets 10% and the rest of it. Last I believe night, eventually it will be tied to him. Last night at length on Tucker was Kanye West, which I watched oh, yeah. that interview, and it was really quite interesting. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I'd like to hear more about that. Maybe an hour four, which some of you get on the air, some of you don't. You can grab Armstrong and Getty on demand, the podcast hour four anytime. Uh, yeah, because I want to hear that. He's such a fascinating guy. He is. He is really interesting and hard to follow. Yeah, yeah. Crazy and genius are not mutually exclusive. Not even close. Anyway, uh, so back to Hunter. Yeah, I believe that at some point it will become clear that A... Hunter was absolutely trading on his father's name and access to his father for influence and getting very, very rich doing it if he hadn't spent it all on crack and hookers. Um, and that secondly, I'm convinced of. And secondly, and it does pain me to say this because I have known more than a couple extremely honorable, serious, patriotic FBI agents in my life. I've been honored to call them my friends. But I think there are folks within the FBI who became so politically active um, 
that it perverted their sense of duty, and I believe we're going to find out the FBI went farther than anybody knows at this point to cover up the sins of Hunter Biden and the Biden family to make sure Trump didn't get reelected. Yeah. I think that may be the pot of ick at the end of this rainbow. Boy, you don't want that happening. And that gets to the whole, uh, remember Sam Harris did that in his podcast about how Trump was enough of a threat. It's justifiable. All bets yeah. were off. And Sam Harris is a very, very serious guy. I mean, yeah. he doesn't, he's not a bomb chucker. He doesn't say stuff like that without thinking about it a great deal. Um, but, you know, I, I suppose the good news, the silver lining is that, as we were discussing yesterday, I may, I want the doctor to tell me, guy, I want to know everything. And if our FBI went too far, if, there are not systems in place to ensure duty above political desires. We need to know it. We need to deal with it. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, I wasn't claiming that uh, Sam Harris or wherever is saying that is what I agree with. Absolutely not. You start down that road where you're going to have individuals decide who's an okay candidate and who's not and bring down the ones that aren't okay. No way. That doesn't work. Yeah. Well, and honestly, whether the FBI or the CIA or various other secretive organizations within the government, they've done that over and over again in American history. Sure. And then they're brought to heel and and punished and cleaned out and new uh, rules are put in place. Then people figure out how to get around those rules. And and what it is is the most time-honored of truths that power corrupts. Well, two other things on this. One, we shouldn't know about it. These leaks are bad. and uh, That's a good point. I'm glad you made that, yeah. And, uh, you know, getting back to the good for the goose, good for the gander, I'm, I'm that way with not having these leaks. Don't leak about Trump because they're always one-sided. You know, we only hear one side of the story. Don't leak about Trump or Matt Gates or whoever. And don't leak about Hunter Biden. It's an investigation. And when it's done, tell us what happened. But you don't get the leak. They leak this stuff to who? The Washington Post or whoever. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was a WAPO. Uh, Hunter's attorney, actually, who's assured really lucrative work for life, um, said, <laughs> you realize leaking a federal grand jury uh, information is a federal felony, so why don't you go report on who's committing felonies within the Justice Department? And you know what? He's right. Yeah, they got to quit leaking this stuff. But the other part of it is the Clinton impeachment, the Monica Lewinsky thing started out as a investigation over the land deal. Is that how it originally started? It was a long way from Monica Lewinsky. I know that. Yeah, just, land deal way back in the day in Arkansas. You keep pulling threads and pulling threads and taking you this road and that, and eventually they ended up with, wait a second, lying about sex. Um, uh, uh, so who knows where this whole Hunter Biden thing ends up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to follow. Um, it just, it will probably take a very long time, particularly if there was some malfeasance in the very agencies that are in charge of investigating this sort of thing. So uh, someday we'll know. Um, brr, just uh, as an aside, you know, Jack said, uh, quoting Sam Harris, that's not, you know, what I believe. That's one thing that I think people who are new to the show don't get, at least at first, we're a little different from a lot of conservative talk radio shows, because we'll go ahead and bandy about ideas we, we disagree with. We'll turn them over and give them a look and look at the strengths and weaknesses, and if our side is screwing up, we'll say, gosh, our side's screwing up. Um, you know, it's not all rah-rah red meat, so, you know, some people like it. Some people like it very much. Some people don't, um, and, uh, and if you don't, go with God. We wish you nothing but... Uh, <laughs> Is that a death nothing threat? but a long and happy life. No, it's not. It's the opposite. It's oh. a, 
It's a God bless you. May you have a long and happy life. Okay. The That's Bible! Fine. That's right, sir. Thank you. Uh, I mean, our discussion of Ben Sass, for instance. You should see some of the emails we got. I think Ben Sass is brilliant, moral, a great constitutional scholar, a terrific historian, and I read practically everything he writes. And he really hated Trump. Yeah. Um, he agrees with so, everything you agree with if you're a conservative other than Trump. Yeah. Everything. And he's an eloquent voice for it. But, you know, people have cast their lot with Trump, some in a way that I'm pretty uncomfortable with. But again, that, that doesn't need to make us enemies. We believe in limited government. We believe in liberty. We believe in the FBI following its own rules. We believe in a thousand different things together. So let's not stab each other in the neck. And yeah, if you don't agree with me, enjoy meeting God. Is that the same thing you said? <laughs> no, 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 no. Subtly different. <laughs> So a dude has filed a lawsuit in California, and he might win it. When I lay out the facts for you, you will alternately screech obscenities and laugh uproariously. Okay? It's a sad case, but you can't even believe it's real. Coming up in moments. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. 
comedian, writer and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Normal teams I root for in Major League Baseball are in the playoffs, so I'm trying to pick a team. Alex suggested maybe the Mariners, plucky upstarts, haven't been in the uh, playoffs in 20 years. I can't root for the Dodgers. I just can't. I just, sorry. No, understood. Oh, yeah. Hanson is saying Padres. I should root for the Padres. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll root for the Pods. You root for the Mariners, and we'll hate each other for a while. Uh, So, uh, enough talk about nuclear Armageddon. Let's uh, relate to you the cheery tale of a man who had his legs cut off instead. So... <clears throat> I'm not going to use this fellow's last name. His name is uh, same Did as mine, Joe. Did you say had his legs cut off? Is that what you said? I may have. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm going to call uh, Joe. Not me, Joe. This guy's name is Joe. I'm not going to use his last name because I have no desire to bring derision or hatred upon him. Well, I have a little, but I, I, I don't want to be responsible for it. So I'll just read this article to you, the first part of it. By the time Yuba City, California police found... Joe Anonymous on a sidewalk at 1.11 in the morning on December 24th, 2016, they decided he was too drunk to take to jail and instead had him taken to Rideout Memorial Hospital near Marysville, California. Nevis, mm, I just gave his last name. Well, it's, it's, uh, that went well for a while. Bring, bring on the derision. <laughs> so sorry. Well, this is in the major newspaper, so it's not that big a deal, but... Um, uh, so this fellow spent 20 minutes at the hospital where a doctor noted that he was wet and smelled of alcohol, but determined that he was medically stable, able to walk in a straight line and could be discharged. Too drunk to go to jail is a thing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the cops, God bless them, thought, you know, let's just make sure this guy's okay. Let's bring him to the hospital. Uh, plus they probably didn't want him to poop and puke in the, you know, jail Mm. or whatever. But anyway, um, so they discharged him because he's able to walk in a straight line. The construction worker then left the hospital at 2.02 in the morning and walked out without waiting for his discharge papers and less than an hour later somehow ended up lying on nearby railroad tracks where the Amtrak Coast Starlight train headed north toward Klamath Falls, Oregon, sliced off his legs. And kept going with the engineers completely unaware of the incident, lawyers say. Wow. Uh, Where on the leg? Like knee below hip? Probably not the hip. Um, Jeez, that's rough. Holy crap. So you slept with your legs dangling over the tracks. Because obviously he's alive here. So it must be not. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right, and apparently an Amtrak train versus your legs is quick work, and the engineers didn't even feel a thump-thump. 
Anyway, now six years later, the 34-year-old is sitting in a wheelchair accompanied by his service dog in a federal courtroom in Sacramento where jurors in his negligence lawsuit are expected to decide in the coming weeks who's to blame. How did he live through that? Who's to blame? I would think in the middle of <laughs> I would think in the middle of the night, passed out, you get your legs cut off. You're going to bleed to death before you can get any help. That's amazing. Yeah, I know very little about train leg amputations. It could be that it squashes everything so much. Uh, I don't know. Sealed it off, know. maybe. I don't know. Yeah, wake him up. I don't, you have these questions are not relevant, no, Your what, Honor. What was that? Ah! Looky there, I got no legs. Uh, so he's sitting. Uh, oh, who's to blame? That's where we left off. Who's to blame? <laughs> His attorney contends the rail company, the hospital, and the doctor are all liable. Okay, and that evidence presented over the next three to four weeks in his lawsuit will show that he is due payout to compensate him for the lifetime of suffering he has ahead of him. So the fact that you're too drunk to take to jail, they take you to the hospital, and then the hospital lets you walk out. I, I mean, I'm I'm full on 100%. He's to blame in the circumstance he got himself into. But I am surprised that you know you were capable of being incarcerated. But because you're too drunk, you go to the hospital and then you get to go out. I didn't know that that's well, the way now, it worked. Keep in mind that's just that's the way the journalist characterized okay. the cops' judgment. But I guarantee you, again, I would I would phrase it: the cops thought this guy's really wasted. Let's take him to the hospital yeah. and make sure he's okay. I didn't know that that's the way it worked. But anyway, I still say he's to blame. But the idea that the train company would come into this at all is crazy. Oh yeah, that part is a real stretch. But anyway, according to the attorney, uh, he didn't uh, exactly tally up how much he believes his client is owed, but he did say it's a big number. Uh, court filings are more specific, saying this gentleman's economic damages for past and future loss amount to approximately uh, $7,694,831.50 before pain and suffering damages are even considered. What did he What did he do for a living that required his legs that he was going to make $7 million more? Dollars? And plaintiff will ask the jury for $25 million for past and future pain. That would put the damages sought at about $32.7 million. Uh, Amtrak attorney Jason Schaff told jurors, quote, when a person trespasses on private property in the middle of the night and he lays his legs on tracks that he knows to be active, he cannot blame a train for running over him. Lawyers for the doctor and hospital made similar statements, saying he was assessed and treated properly at the hospital before he was discharged into the night. The evidence will be that this gentleman was stable, said the attorney. Yes, he was under the effects of alcohol, but he was able to function. There's no evidence in the record that he was falling down drunk. Right. And, you know, as far as being under the effects of alcohol, what what time in the morning was it that he left the hospital? Two? Uh, Two. Two in the morning. You know how many other people are uh, uh, under the effects of alcohol that are up at two o'clock in the morning? Most of them. Yeah, unless they're working the third shift, all of them. Yeah, exactly. Insomniacs and drunks. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't, you know, I'm, I, uh, I keep taking the fun out of this really entertaining story, but, um, that, that just shows you what a mess our freaking legal system is the way this works. Cause you just think, you know what? It's a gazillion dollar train company. They're going to throw a certain amount of money at it to make it go away because it would cost them more to hire a lawyer. I mean, that's the way a lot of lawsuits work. It's just so damn frustrating that you, that it could even get off the ground. Of course, it's not the train's fault. Of course it's not at all. Get out of here should be the response. Yeah, in any sane society, of course. 
I don't remember the incident at all, he said in an interview shortly after his lawsuit was originally filed five Good. years ago. Good. Five years ago. Good. You wouldn't Lawyers want to. Lawyers have been getting paid for this crap for five years. Right. Good point. Uh, you wouldn't want to remember that. You wouldn't oh, want to. There's, there's more. There's more. I remember waking up in the pitch black, feeling like my legs were numb, like I'd been walking through snow all day. I couldn't see my legs. I felt down and felt my shin bone, so I knew something bad had happened. Oh. So that's what it feels like to get your legs run over by a train. It's good to know that. Feels like you've been shin. walking in snow all day long. You can't feel your feet because they ain't there. Shin, shin bone, shin bone. What do you say? <laughs> um. Wow. Oh, my golly. A video of the incident recorded by a camera in the front of the locomotive captured the train running over him at 2.50 a.m. and was shown to jurors Thursday morning. I should have read down to the last paragraph. I'm looking at the still picture now. There he is with his legs on the track and the train about 30 feet away. (sighs) Why do they have to show that to jurors? Oh, a train ran over his legs. Now I understand. Having seen the picture, I was having what are you trouble saying, picturing like the, uh, the train went over his legs. No, no, no. I guess through his legs is a better way to put it. Oh. I still don't understand what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So, so he got he got let out of the hospital at two o two. He gets his legs sawed off by a train at two fifty. So, uh, roughly forty five minutes later, he was a uh, sound asleep at the tracks. Just because that's just a comfortable way to sleep with your legs dangling over a train tracks. Oh my well, normally, God. I've got like a pillow I like to put my legs on. I thought, well, I don't have a pillow here in the cold and dark. How about train tracks? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. the ultimate stupid should hurt. Yeah, we'll post this article for you at armstrongandgetty.com, including the official Amtrak still image from the video. Oh, boy. I can't imagine how he survived that. They must have gotten yeah. help to him fast. If you ever miss an hour of the show, you could delete this one from your podcast if you don't want to hear it. But if you ever miss an hour of the show you want to hear, look for Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's four hours. I just keep looking at that picture. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. Oh, boy. Felt like I'd been walking around in snow. I couldn't feel my feet. Because your feet are over there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) More to come. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.